The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by the host and guests on this podcast are their own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of UCLA Athletics, UCLA Gymnastics, or the Bruins Gymnastics alumni community. The content of this podcast is strictly for informational purposes only and should not be considered professional advice. So it was just so amazing to see all of the girls you've struggled with in the year and you've been through so much as a team to then go lights out in the last two events and really be there for each other. It was like, we really were doing it for each other. It, it was it was such an incredible experience and I didn't believe we won until that I saw that trophy come over. I'm like, there is no way, like, they scored this wrong. Like, I need to see the results. Welcome to the Bruin Gymnastics edition of the Resilience to Brilliance podcast, where you'll be inspired by riveting behind-the-scenes stories of UCLA gymnastics legends. I'm your host, Kim Hamilton-Anthony. Here we go. What happens when perseverance meets adversity? You develop resilience. Peng Peng Lee has had plenty of resilience training as she's worked to overcome challenges that came very close to derailing her gymnastics career. But with the help of supportive parents and coaches who saw greatness in her, even when she was sidelined, she was able to achieve what few gymnasts have ever done. She competed on the Canadian national team. She was a three-time medalist at the Pacific Rim Championships and the honorary team captain at the 2012 Olympics. At UCLA, she was a nine-time All-American, the 2018 national beam champion, and she finished her career having scored 10 perfect tens. I sat down with Peng to discuss her gymnastics journey and how she pressed through multiple injuries and finished her collegiate career with a storybook ending. Here's part two of her story. Peng, in our last episode, we left off with you blowing out your knee shortly before the 2012 Olympics Mm -hmm. and how your positive attitude was such an asset for the team. You gave some advice for anyone who might be going through some struggles trying to reach their goal. And uh, just the positivity that you exude as a person is contagious. It really is. So during your time, as you're training for the Olympics, you're the greatest Canadian athlete out there, right? You had to be recruited by several collegiate teams. So what made you choose UCLA? It's so funny because a lot of people think I was recruited by a lot of schools. I was only recruited by UCLA. No so, way. You so are what had me. happened was <laughs> what um, happened. <laughs> what had happened was, was we'll take it back to high school when I had my back injury. And for a lot of people who are maybe just listening to this podcast right now, but um I had a year injury that took me out of the sport for a year. Or yeah, a back injury that took me out for a year. And I remember my teammate had gone off to UCLA. I don't even know what UCLA is. I'm Canadian. I had only heard of Stanford and <laughs> Yale. So UCLA okay. was a little foreign to me. And she called me one day and said, you know, Peng, you got to check out UCLA. I'm having so much fun. And, you know, she was a little more serious in the gym. And I was thinking in my head, you're having a lot of fun in the gym? No way. I got to yeah, see this. What so, is that about? So, I said, what is that about? I like, I don't remember you having like ever saying, you know, training was so fun. So I ended up telling my family, I said, we got to go visit Elise Hopper Hibbs at UCLA. She said she's having so much fun. And so <laughs> they had, I think it was, uh, yeah, they had a meet. And so I came down, flew down with my family. My whole family came and we ended up meeting Miss Val for the first time, or which I thought was the first time. She actually came to our gym when I was 10, but you know, she wasn't allowed to talk to me. So I, I just, I don't remember her being there. And she, te- she loves to tell this story because I just ignored her. <laughs> and I, I don't remember her being there. You're 10. Hey. I'm 10. Yeah. So I met her for the first time at UCLA. I said, this was amazing. I wasn't a gymnast. So, you know, I was only allowed to do planks and bird dogs. I wasn't allowed to run, jump at the time. This is when oh. I had my back injury. I was in a very depths of my back injury. And she asked me, she said, Peng, what do you want to do? You know, when you're finished this year of you rehabbing? And I said, well, I might go into tennis, maybe golf. Cause you know, my body, they told me I would never be a gymnast again. And so she said, Oh, 
well, would you ever think about doing gymnastics again? And I said, yeah, I don't know if I can because they, they said that I can't. And so it was interesting because I told her I wasn't allowed to bend my back anymore. So bridges were out. I would want to back walk over front, front aerial. Um, a lot of maybe a lot of things, gymnastics requires your back flexibility. And so she was kind of, we were going through my routine and she said, you know, gymnastics in college is a lot different than elite gymnastics. So I wanted to do 2012 Olympics and then be done with gymnastics and then go into the entertainment space. And for me, that was my goal. So I didn't even look at college gymnastics, but Ms. Val was just saying, you know, um, college gymnastics, the difficulty is a lot different than elite gymnastics. And so we were kind of running through routines and in my head, I'm like, I think I can do that. That seems a lot less than I thought. I thought it was like elite gymnastics. And so we were going through routines and I kind of started getting a little excited. And I said, honestly, I think if, if my back allows it, that sounds really like I've been doing these skills for so long. I think, I think I can do it. <laughs> and so it was interesting because she actually offered me a full scholarship on the spot. And I think we were all in shock at first. <laughs> what? Okay, so you aren't even doing gymnastics at that time. No. And That's I wasn't what, even so a gymnast. I didn't even have gymnastics in my future. And the way she worded it was, if you were to come back and do gymnastics again, we would love mm -hmm. to have you on the team. <laughs> and so, like, you're shocked. I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, I'm not even part of, I was thinking in my head, I need to find what? a gym club. I don't have a coach. <laughs> I'm not on the like Canadian the national team anymore. Uh, yeah, well, I don't even remember. I think it was like a swimsuit at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was in shock. So, I, in my head, it was I was a little confused. And she said, "Why don't you sleep on it?" And you know, and we can talk about it the next day. So at that point, um, I got to know the team. I saw the meet. They had so much fun. It was like chaotic fun like it was organized chaos is how I said it and my parents talked to me and my mom and dad were just like you know you might as well take it <laughs> she's offering <laughs> it to you like I I remember my mom saying this but I think she she thinks she said it differently so it could be wrong but I just remember her <laughs> saying like well you might you should take it because I don't think you're gonna get another offer because <laughs> you're injured I'm injured like I'm not even a gymnast right and Nobody so no one is recruiting you, right? No one's recruiting me. Absolutely oh. no one. It was the only school I came to visit. I knew that the entertainment capital was Los Angeles. And that's yes. kind of what I wanted to get into um, as a career after. And so I was thinking in my head, yeah, I'd love to come to UCLA. So the, the next day I told Ms. Val and I told her that um, I would love to come to UCLA. And so we verbally committed. And it's so funny oh, because if you goodness. ask the coaching staff this story, Half of them were not on board and Ms. they all looked at Ms. Valley. She was crazy because it's like, yes. you just offered an injured athlete a scholarship. And it was so funny because she was like, but she would, she'll be great if she comes back. <laughs> so Ms. Val is so unconventional. Just about everything yes. she does is just, it's, she's, she takes a risk and yes. usually she chooses well. So it was it was great because again I think her. after I verbally committed it was kind of out in the gymnastics world when I came back it was not out in the gymnastics world yet because I wasn't a gymnast but once I started getting back I then got um, recruited by Stanford but I declined okay. respectfully to because I told them I was going to UCLA so I think after that everyone knew I was going to UCLA okay yeah and Stanford was one of the only schools you had even heard of other than Harvard is that what? I think it's yeah I, I if I was to do college so gymnastics funny. I originally wanted to go to Stanford but then mm -hmm. again Miss Val just had me hooked line and thinker mm -hmm. exactly she swooped in now I had mm -hmm. a similar experience when I uh, came to UCLA I came out of a gym where it was you weren't allowed to have fun. You had to focus and you had to always keep moving and you're always going, going, going. And I didn't know what it was like to have fun. I mean, we would sneak and have fun with each other, you know, my teammates. But when I came to UCLA, I was only coming for a week. I had already signed, but I decided I didn't want to continue in gymnastics. I had oh, only, wow. um, yeah, I didn't want to come. I was burned out. It was yeah. just, I didn't want to do gymnastics anymore. And my mom said, Kim, if you go, to UCLA for one week and you don't like it, you can come home. So during that one week, 
when I walked into that gym and I saw all the fun they were having and the hard work that they were still putting in while having fun, mm-hmm. I thought, hmm, I could get used to this. Right. So it was that atmosphere at UCLA that made me love gymnastics again. I, it, it was so much fun. Again, I think I was very lucky to have a great elite experience. Um, I was very close with the girls in my gym. And UCLA reminded me of my club gym at home. And I, I had a lot of fun. I, again, I was older in the elite world. So I was able to go out with other gymnasts in other countries. And I was kind of allowed to experience those things. And when I came to UCLA, it was more of a fun adventure for me. And I love meeting new people. It was really fun to be on a team. And, you know, it, as much fun as elite gymnastics was, I was still an individual athlete. And I felt like it because, you know, we all came from different gym clubs, but UCLA, it felt so tight knit. And I just remember alumni would come in and it, it just felt so much like a family. And it's really hard to not be drawn to UCLA, in my opinion. It, it, I mean, I might be biased, but when I was there, <laughs> it, it was so much like practices were full of laughing. You know, we had the hard conversations. We went through all the struggles together and I think that was the thing is like we went through it together. It's not like we all went through it separately. We, Ms. Val really made sure and the coaching staff, we would go through it together. Truly as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about your freshman year at UCLA. So you're coming off of the knee injury. Yeah. Uh, what was that like for you? How did your freshman year work out? Yeah, I knew I was already not going to compete the first year. So I had come in with a torn ACL. I was actually very nervous that I was going to lose my scholarship at the beginning. Um, and I and it was great because, again, Miss Val and I were having conversations back and forth. And she was very, um, very positive and very optimistic with me. And also it kept me motivated. So my first year was interesting. I was still finding my voice on the team. I was um, I was a big people pleaser, so I never really put my foot down and there was a lot of drama my freshman year, but at the same time, it, it was a lot of fun, but it was also very hard. I was away from my family, although I didn't really get homesick. I think I was just missing the advice of my parents and it, it really taught me to be a teammate and Miss Val would, you know, I came in limping. I was two weeks out of surgery, I think. And we had to do a team activity on the beach. And I, I was thinking in my head, I can't walk on the beach. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just got out of surgery. <laughs> so I told Ms. Val, because you know, I, I know, knew her better. So I, I asked her and I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? She goes, well, you're on the team. You have to talk to your teammates and figure it out. And for me, who is not a very outspoken person or not very confrontational at the time, and I was so scared to be like, hey guys, <laughs> I can't partake in this activity, but I need you guys to find me a role, please. <laughs> and so, but it, 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 freshman year actually really helped me to break out of my shell um, and learn to talk to people in a respectful, um, honest way. Cause I, you know, I didn't like confrontation. And so freshman year was very hard. Um, injury wise and learning how to be a good teammate without being on the competition floor. But again, I kind of really just dove into being a regular student also went to all the dorm events. <laughs> I love <laughs> me time to, you know, hang out with the athletes and it was a lot of fun. Um, social, like the social aspect of it was super fun. The athletic part was very hard because of me finding my place on a team and me doing rehab and trying to feel like I er, was worth my scholarship on the team with an injury. Did you feel pressure? Um, I didn't feel pressure because I already knew I wasn't competing. So there was no pressure to me. But when I came back, I felt a little pressure because I was recruited as a all round athlete. And I felt a little pressure to kind of, keep my name, you know, like it was, oh, Pang's coming to UCLA. She's like, really, you know, they would say like, she's really good on these events and she has this skill and that skill. And uh, I already knew that if I could come back from my back injury, I knew I could come back from my knee injury. It, it wasn't as long. I could still condition. So I wasn't concerned at all about my gymnastics, but I did feel pressure to kind of, I wanted to be 
anchor, you know, on those certain events that I was really good at, like bars and bean. And so I just wanted to uphold the expectation that I had when I came in. So I had there a little bit of pressure, but only more so when I came back from my injury. Okay. Okay. So your sophomore year, yes. you, <laughs> I'm sure you had some goals set. Oh, yeah. You're ready to step onto the floor as a Bruin. Mm-hmm. How did that play out for you? Sophomore year. Oh, man. So I was coming back. I spent a whole year in rehab. I was training, doing my skills. And I then was, I just remember one day we were doing leap passes and we were doing leaps across the floor and my knee just tweaked. And I told Miss Val, you know, hey, like my knee, it's not, it doesn't feel right. And I remember they said, oh, like have everyone check it out. They thought my ACL was still there at the time. So I, they were like doing all the checks and they said, her knee seems fine. And so I kind of was like, I feel like we should get an MRI because I, when I jump, it's something's moving. Mm. So, and it didn't feel stable at all. So we got into an MRI and I went to the doctor, sat down the doctor and he looked at the scans and he just goes, well, your ACL is not there. And I was like, (laughs) what do you mean? It's not there. He's like, well, it didn't take your body. It disintegrated because I had a cadaver done. So I actually had a, another tendon foreign tendon in my body and my body rejected it. I was so I was mortified. I went into a whole disbelief. I think that second time hearing it was worse than the first time I tore it because I had spent a year (laughs) in rehab and I just remember bawling. I didn't have my parents. It's not like my parents are there to hug me and I could go home and just be in a shell. I had a walk from the athletic center all the way back to the dorms i'm like crying my eyes are red miss val immediately texts me and she said i'm so sorry and you know a lot i think she told a lot of the girls and all the girls started texting me it was like a flood of messages and um they i ended up sleeping over at a teammate's house that night i slept over at sam pedrick's house and they got me candy and they got me a bunch of like you know just junk food to kind of binge and it was they were really sweet like it that was really rough and I just remember a guy coming out of the elevator. I think it's just a football player. And I'm like, oh man, like you're the last person I want to see right now. <laughs> and he looked at me. He's like, what's wrong? And I was like, found out my my ACL is torn again. And he goes, it's all right. I'll bounce back. And like he was very calm about it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why aren't you sad <laughs> for me? <laughs> why aren't you sad for me? <laughs> no, but it 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 was very devastating. Like that that was harder than my first time because I knew I had to go through the exact same rehab and rehab is not fun. It's very boring. <laughs> no. Oh. So how long did it take for you to come back from that injury? Did you have to stay out the whole year? Mm-hmm. When were you yeah, able so we, to start training again? We ended up, so I had my surgery in October. So I went through all of freshman year leading up to season. And I remember like, it was like the last Halloween party and we were like, yeah, like, this is the night before surgery or whatever. And I remember going into surgery in October and it was, it it was a long process. It took a year. So I don't think I started really gearing up to do skills until probably like the summer before my junior year. And we already knew I was taking a year off again. So I think, but you know what? Like when I look back at it, if I hadn't had those two years, I don't think I would have grown as much as a person. Because I really had to learn how to speak up. I really learned how to be a good teammate. I learned how to lead without um, leading by example. It was leading by example in a different way. And it was with a positive attitude. It was by doing my rehab, being diligent in the gym, and you know, studying with the girls and kind of being that positive outlook rather than being positive and doing my skills. So I, I actually am very you know, again, it's like blessing in disguise for me. I was able to have my two years of just being a regular student. I felt comfortable coming into my junior year. I almost felt like a veteran at that point. So competing for the first time, I'm like, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how, how did you get to the point where you were able to continue the fight and not give up? I mean, twice you had to go through this rehab it's long, it's arduous. It's like, oh, you know, I, I just imagine that some people who continue to go through adversity time and time again, sometimes 
it's easy to give up because you just feel, yeah. feel like, okay, what's the use? How did you do it? Was it? Very, Ping? it was very frustrating. I think just being a student at UCLA and knowing my goals and aspirations, I had jam sessions with my dorm mates. Um, I found a group of people who loved music and I would host jam sessions at my apartment. I would host jam sessions at the dorm like once a week. And we would just kind of do it as a stress reliever. We bring in all our instruments and we just start singing and, and playing like, you know, people who are just learning instruments, they would come in and it was so much fun. I had a lot of fun at UCLA and that kind of helped me to balance all the injuries because I didn't want to get stuck in the mindset of, oh, I'm injured. I can't do anything. But I think because of my injury in high school and what my parents, you know, showed me when I was younger is that there's still so much to do. So I ended up auditioning for like an acapella group. I didn't get in, but I ended up auditioning. (laughs) I would go, go. um, we went to go watch like the lunar eclipse. I would go on adventures. I was, I was having a lot of fun in college. So it was, it was a great time for me to really just live life and kind of like do my work in the gym, but also really enjoy my teammates, really enjoy being in California. We'd go adventuring to all the the tourist spots. And um, the one thing though, when I was coming back, I still kept getting injured. So I had a thumb surgery, I had a meniscus surgery, and I was trying to get for 2016 Olympics. And I think that's also what kept me going is that I knew like, Hey, this is fine. We're on a two year hiatus. It's okay. I've done one year before. <laughs> so I think in my head, like I knew I could do it. I think I just had that. I know I can do it mindset. But when the injuries started catching up, it wasn't as fun anymore. Like it was, it was very mentally draining. I actually had told Miss Val in my fourth year, cause I knew I was going to do a fifth year. And I told her my fourth year, I said, I don't want to be here. And that was in the middle of season. And Miss Val, I told her, I said, I think I'm going to quit because it was too much for me. And not so much the schooling and being an athlete, it's just gymnastics itself. And it's not, it wasn't the teammates. It wasn't anything like that. It's just, I was so tired of having to call my mom, be like, I'm injured again, crying on the phone and her having to come down for another surgery, going under, getting all like these drugs and like it like me feeling nauseous and like falling behind in school because of my injuries and surgeries so I was getting really exhausted and I just felt like I wasn't confident my body didn't feel confident in the gym like I felt like I was going to break at any point and so I actually told Miss Val during my fourth year I didn't want to do it anymore and I remember her saying that she looked at me in the eye and she said well Peng you're gonna have to tell your teammates that and so when I, she told me that, sound I said, just like her. <laughs> I spent so much time with her. <laughs> she she looked at me in the eye, and when she said that, I said, "I don't want to tell my teammates that. I'm going to wait till after season." <laughs> so after I got my surgeries, both lights are back on. After I got my surgeries, um, we went through season again, and in my head, I was like, "Okay, I have one more year. I have one more year. My fifth year. Why don't we just enjoy it? Like, I'm so over it. I don't want to be here. I think I took the summer off. We were supposed to do like conditioning and stuff, but I'm like, I need a break. Like this is, I didn't even want to do college gymnastics. So for me, it was like, I need a mental break from being injured, even being a gymnast. Like I was very much prepped when I was younger to do 2012, be done as a gymnast. And so I said, I'm just going to try and enjoy this fifth year. And my mom was saying, you know, you have such an amazing opportunity in front of you. So you might as well do as much as you can, right? To enjoy it and not focus on, wow, I can't do floor. My knee's not holding up. I'm not doing um, the skills that I want to do. It's, um, it's too hard, too difficult. It was more like, oh, you know what? I have another year in California. It's sunny all the time. <laughs> There's, it's summer to like the whole year. And it's just kind of, even if it wasn't gymnastics related, it's all the other things. I had to think about to help me through my fifth year. And that's when I don't know if you wanted me to go in my sixth year, but that's kind of how the sixth year thing came about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so let's do let's go to your sixth year. So you ended your UCLA career having scored 10, 10 10.0s, which is absolutely amazing. It's just unbelievable, (laughs) Pink. Uh, so you you scored 10 tens and I wish that we could talk about all 10 of those routines would love to know what you were thinking and how that felt for you but we only have time to talk about one of those routines and the one I'm going to go to is probably one you realize I would talk about is that (laughs) final routine okay so you're 
2018 NCAA National Championships, mm-hmm. and you were up last on beam. You had yeah. just scored a 10 on bars, the rotation before. Ooh. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. So tell me your mindset. Tell me what you were thinking, how you felt when you were competing. It was a flood of emotions because not only did I get a 10 on bars, and I had actually gotten two 10s on both events one time during the season, that season. And I remember like, oh, can I do it again? You're like, you know, playing all those mind games. Like, is it what I was with a fluke? I don't mm-hmm. know. And I got a 10 <laughs> on bars. And it, again, we were kind of down in the rankings as a team. And so what I was really focusing on was, this is the last time I'm going to be here ever with my team. Like this was the last gymnastics thing of my entire career. And it was, it was getting to me and I started getting really nervous. So during, before I got up on beam, I couldn't watch any of my teammates and I'm I'm normally cheering them on. I couldn't watch any of them. I was so nervous. I was doing visualization, like a madman on the floor. Like I had never done that many visualized routines in my life. And I remember going up to Miss Val because I was freaking out and we didn't know, I didn't know that we had a chance at winning at that time. So I was really solely focusing on the energy and the love with the team. And before my last beam routine, I went up to her and I just said, Ms. Val, I am so nervous. I looked at her and I said, but I'm going to take my sweet time. Like I'm going to soak in everything. Like, and she didn't say anything to me. She goes, okay, great. And so I went up, chalked up, I took a deep breath. I started smiling because I said, you know what? This is literally the last time I'm going to be up here ever. So I just soaked it all in. I, I, I think if you watch, like I'm smiling throughout the whole thing. Yes, I was very were. aware, very mm-hmm. aware. Um, and if you were to really watch my routine, like I was kind of crooked too. Like it wasn't a perfect routine in the way that was set up. I, I felt very good in it. And like my back handspring wasn't that straight, but I was like, yeah, no, this is, this is my last back handspring thing ever. And so I was <laughs> like playing it off. Like I was like, yes, this, this was amazing. Yes. And then I just remember doing um, my spin double and it was a little off, but then I just kept like pushing through it. I felt like I was performing. Like I would, would never and stop you looked performing. good. Thank <laughs> you. You looked so and, good. And it was so funny because in that, the middle of my routine, I looked at the end of the beam and you, the, the corral, the Utah corral was cheering me on. And I thought it was so nice. Like that, that was my thought in the middle of the routine. I was like, wow, that's so nice that they're cheering me on because it's a whole different team. And I think nationals is a whole, another amazing event in itself that um, I think a lot of gymnasts have respect for seniors in their last meet. And we're always cheering on other seniors who had been um, competing at nationals. And it's really cool to see other teams cheering you on. So when I had landed, it was like, it was unreal. Like I went right to my teammates and I felt like I had just done the best routine of my life. And it looked amazing. It was truly a stunning routine. And you, you. you did. You smiled throughout. You were performing. And mm-hmm. I cannot get out of my mind your face when you did oh. took that salute. It was just, it, it gives me Thank chills you. even to think about it. I, um, I tear up every time I, I think about that. It was oh. such a powerful moment in your life and for the team because you helped clinch that national title that year, the seventh it, national title, right? It's crazy because we had no idea. So if you saw everyone crying on the floor, it was just because we had such a strong comeback and we thought we did, got second. <laughs> we were like, maybe we got second or third. And, <laughs> we got and second. Yeah, we, we were so happy for each other. And I think because those two routines, bars, even though like maybe when I entered my back hands, we was a little crooked, Genuinely, those two routines were probably the best routines I'd ever done in my career, even on bars. It was the best routine I'd ever competed. And so I think too, like a lot of girls were having, they PR'd or they had their best routines and of that season. And so it was just so amazing to see all of the girls you struggled with in the year and you've been through so much as a team to then go lights out in the last two events and really be there for each other. It was like, we really were doing it for each other. It, it was it was such an incredible experience. And I didn't believe we won until that I saw that trophy come over. I'm like, there is no way. Like, they scored this wrong. Like, I need to see the results. Because again, like, I wasn't paying attention. So I was I was in disbelief when I saw uh, UCLA above everyone. 
Oh, what a way to end your career. And I mentioned earlier that it was such a special routine. The win for you, the win for UCLA was huge. But I think just after hearing your entire story, it's all the more special. Paying yeah. what you've been through is, at, it's it's amazing. It really is. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, um, it. It was one of the most incredible experiences I've had like in my life. And again, like I've learned that because I'm five years out, I'm not trying to recreate that moment. I'm like, you know what? That mm-hmm. moment is its moment. And that's why it was so special. And so it's really fun. Like going back, I vlogged that entire year. So I took my camera everywhere. So I'm like, I don't want to forget my sixth year. <laughs> I think that's kind of <laughs> where I was at. I, um, because there was, I used to journal a lot and I would write stories about my competitions. I write down, I think the first time I went to France for a competition when I was 12, I wrote, I had a diary and I wrote it down and I was just talking about food. I was like, wow, there's a really good steak that I had, <laughs> it was like, you know, 12 year old. That's mind. what we care about most, right? Food. Exactly. But That's I important. was like, Oh, it'd be so fun to video it. And I'm so happy I video recorded because we, my teammates and I will watch, you know, the vlogs every now and then. And we're just saying like, there was such a fun time in our life. And be, even though I was injured a lot of the times, I was so fortunate that, you know, I had those two injuries because that 2018 team, like, I just feel so bonded with them. And it truly was a special team. Like, there was so much love on the team. And we really, like, cared for each other. It was like, it it just felt like a family. And I feel like I could call a lot of the girls on the team and just, like, even if I haven't talked to them in a while, just, we, like, we're sisters. We're never, we're never yes. not going to be family, you know? Right. That's beautiful. I love that for you. Yeah. All right, baby sis. (laughs) Let's talk about what you're doing these days. Yeah. Okay. So what's making your heart sing? Uh, I've been adventuring in a lot of different projects and I really dove into the entertainment industry. It's been so much fun um, just doing a lot of things that I've been wanting to do as a little kid. You know, I've had, even though a lot of people think the Olympics was my one all only dream, um, I've had other dreams. And when I was younger, I used to sing a lot and write music. And so I've been in the studio a lot recently. I do feel like a whole brand new gymnast that is like coming to a new gym <laughs> and like, I'm learning all these skills. So it's it's kind of funny how I was giving all this advice to other athletes with gymnastics. I feel like I'm taking that advice into music right now. And I ventured on into content creating. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. And I feel like I'm very fortunate to have a career that allows me to be creative. And honestly, it's, I am taking a lot of things that I've learned in gymnastics and I'm also carrying it with pride. I think after I finished gymnastics, I was so happy to be done with it. Even though, you know, it was a great last year. I was ready to close the chapter. I didn't want to talk about gymnastics. I didn't want to be in a gym. Like I just wanted to be a free soul, but now I'm kind of, I'm taking a lot of pride in like, I, no, I was a gymnast that differentiates me. That was my past. Like I'm very proud, but I think the past after I graduated, it was very hard to assimilate into just adulting. And I wasn't, I, I don't know. I truly thought like, oh, why did I do gymnastics? It's not, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> In a way that like I was having all these negative thoughts, but then again, like I've come, I'm at a point right now where I'm like, no, I I'm so proud to be a gymnast. I should be proud of myself. And it was a very hard transition out. But again, right now I'm solely focused on my creative journey. And it's been, it's been amazing to take that gymnastics background with me into that creative process. Mm Mm-hmm. There's so many transferable concepts from gymnastics that we can take into just about any profession. I love that. So you are, one of the things that you do in this entertainment world is you're a social media influencer. Yes. Right? Yes. That was so, a happy accident. <laughs> a happy accident. Okay. So you have around 5.6 million viewers on TikTok. And that was an accident. So t- do tell, how did you get started I, doing that? Okay, I say it was a happy accident um, because during COVID, there was, you know, not a lot of things happening. And I went home to Canada. And so my mom's like, you need to come home right now. So I went home to Canada. There's nothing going on. And I said, I still want to 
you know, create, I want to still push myself. And a lot of the things I was doing after college, um, had to do with gymnastics still. And my Instagram, my YouTube was all surrounded by gymnastics. And a lot of people were saying, well, why don't you get to fitness? I'm like, I don't want to work out. <laughs> I worked out for my entire life. Like that would be pulling teeth for me to do working out content. So for me, <laughs> I heard about this app called TikTok and a lot of little kids were like, Oh my God, like, have you done this dance? I'm like, I, I don't know what that is. And I remember I was like, you know what? I'm going to get on TikTok, not tell anyone about it and do all the things I want to do all my entertainment dreams on this app. And so I was doing music. I was doing like a bunch of different things. And I just remember, um, while I was creating, I was, you know, testing out things. And I was like, oh, shoot, is gymnastics kind of the direction I have to go back in? And, you know, a video did well, but then I started having a lot of fun with these editing tools. And so over COVID, I think I just, it sparked a whole new interest in me. And I call it a happy accident because I never would have discovered it if I just didn't give it a try. Like, I, it wasn't like, I'm going to be a content creator. <laughs> like I never had that <laughs> okay. in my mind. <laughs> uh-huh. So I call it a happy accident because I'm, I'm so fortunate that, you know, my videos were doing really well and it, it really excited me. And, um, and it was exciting because no one knew I was a gymnast. And for me, oh, that was didn't. very, no, I did a flip in my video and I did splits and they were like, why is she so flexible? And then, <laughs> you know, they, they were like, oh my gosh, you can flip. And I, I texted my teammates because again, you know, as a gymnast, you do it your entire life. It's your whole identity. And right. I think some gymnasts are tired and they just, you know, it's a little burnout. You just want to be known for mm-hmm. something else. <laughs> and exactly. I my teammates and I said, guys, they don't even know I can flip. <laughs> and it was, it, Boy, can it, again, flip. yeah, exactly. And, and I, I love that ambiguity and just being able to be myself and not someone liking me for gymnastics, not someone liking me for um, what I can do because that was my identity my entire life. Like, oh, you can do that. Ooh, I kind of like you because you you do that specifically. So I wanted them to get to know me as a person and also my interests. And again, I didn't have gymnastics anymore. I was very happily retired. <laughs> and so, um, but content creating has been absolutely amazing. It's been so much fun. It's, it has its own ups and downs in itself, but I've been meeting lots of really cool people. It's been opening doors for me and I'm so thankful that I, you know, just continued on wanting to create and um, build a platform for myself because I got that advice in college was since I didn't have time to do all the um, internships and all of that stuff, I treated social media like kind of like my online LinkedIn in a way, but I was having a lot of fun. (laughs) There you go. Well, I have seen lots of your videos they are oh, yeah. so amazing. The tools that you, it's, you. I'm just like, how does she do that? And you do have the videos where you show how you're doing it. I still don't understand, yes. but it looks good. <laughs> it's fabulous. And we are actually the opposite when it comes to social media. You you wash your face, put on deodorant, change your clothes, you know, for <laughs> on social media. And it <laughs> it's hard for me to even put a quote out there, you know, a post. <laughs> Yeah, we are total opposites. Uh, So what is it about social media and what you're doing in that space that gives you the greatest joy? The thing that gives me the greatest joy, I I wish I could meet all of my, I call them penguins. (laughs) I wish I could meet them because I think I'm so accustomed to gymnastics that you meet the young gymnasts and you get to talk to them and all that stuff. And I think the greatest joy for me in social media is when I went to VidCon this year, I actually got to meet some of those people. And I'd been doing content, I think, for two year, two and a half years prior. And I didn't really meet a lot of people. But the one thing that really gives me joy is being able to share my joy with them. And even like a positive message of like, oh, you made my day or something. And I, it just makes me feel so good that I made someone's day, even if it's like silly, cringy dumb or whatever people want to think <laughs> but at the same time when I met those people in person at VidCon it was so cool like it again because they didn't know me as a gymnast it was a completely different world this one girl I had a booth at VidCon she stayed at my booth the entire day Aww. and it was so sweet she didn't know I was a gymnast she didn't know Miss Val she didn't know UCLA like she just knew me as a content creator and she knew me for me 
And it was so cool. It was like, I, I truly want to exuberate positivity in a different way now, like not just through my injuries and all the hardships. It's like, I truly want to brighten someone's day and maybe, you know, make them laugh and get, make them smile. And it's, it just looks completely different now. And that's kind of the one big thing that I love about social media. And I love the, the ability to be able to um, have full creativity on what I want to do and share that journey with other people who are interested in that. So it's, it's really, it's a very like, it's almost like gymnastics in a way, but a whole different ball game of being able to create my own family, if that makes sense. Aww. Oh, that sounds amazing. And I love the authenticity that I see in your videos. What you see is who you are. It truly is who you are. (laughs) A lot of people who reach your level of celebrity have to Mm -hmm. deal with people who may post some mean things sometimes. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, yeah. It's actually happened recently. (laughs) Oh. I I actually called Miss Val. It's so funny because I still call Miss Val. even if it's non-gymnastics related, just for life advice. And I, for some reason, don't like talking about my social media sometimes because, you know, uh, I think some people can take it as, oh, like, if you don't want to do it, then stop. Like, you don't, you don't have to post or you don't have to do this. But to me, it is a career. And it's one of those things that's, you know, helping me with pursuing more of the dreams that I want to do. And I... Again, when I say social media has been a roller coaster, it's been a lot of highs. It's been great. I've met lots of amazing people. I've been at events. And then it has its low moments for sure. And I think right now, actually, you caught me at a good time. Right now, I'm at a very low moment <laughs> in, in social media only because I think I do go through moments of sensitivity. And I've learned that sometimes when I do post things, I get negative comments like, you know, they'll swear, they'll... Um, be like, oh my gosh, I want to go kill myself because I saw this video. And it's very, very morbid. And that was the first time I'd ever experienced that. And I actually called Ms. Ron. I said, I don't know how to handle this. Like, I think right now I'm in a sensitive place. I'm okay. I told her like, I'm fine. Actually, I just had a sensitive moment. I think I need to take a step back. And when that happens, like, I don't want to stop posting, but I then kind of figure out what I want to post about. And the thing that got me through at the beginning was I'm so excited about this. And I was so excited to post like new things. And I was proud of it. I didn't care if it was cringy. I didn't care anything because I'm like, <laughs> I like this video, you know? Yeah. And I think as I got um, more into the space, I started getting a little more insecure. And I started comparing myself to a lot of other creators and a lot of other people. And I think because I was so new on the app, I just posted and I walked away and I was at home with my family. So I kind of post and then walk away. But now since um, I'm kind of at home a lot of the times and, you know, it's um, I'm at home doing the social media stuff, but there's not a lot of distraction for me. So I'm kind of on my phone. So I've learned to, you know, post and then sometimes take a step back or only per certain certain types of content that I'm proud of. So whatever anyone says, I'm still happy about it. But if I'm a little wishy-washy about like, I don't know if I don't even like it. And then someone comments negatively, then I found myself going into a negative place of I'm looking for reassurance in the comments. Uh, And that was unhealthy for me. And I, and I realized that talking to this well, and I said, I don't need the reassurance or I shouldn't be posting for reassurance. I should be posting to make someone else happy. And I think I was then realizing it was getting a little negative for me. So I I took a little step back and only had post things that I absolutely love. And so that's kind of how I've been dealing with it is more being very proud of what I post instead of just kind of like half. Again, I said this in the last right. half bootying it. <laughs> <laughs> half booty. That's that's our <laughs> new term. Half bootying it. I know. You know, <laughs> you know what? I think about uh, people who post those negative things. Um, most of the time, there's no truth in it, right? And a lot of times, hurt people just hurt people, right? And that's maybe exactly there's what something. Said. Hmm. Yes. Well, she said those I mean, exact same things. It's, it is absolutely true. And sometimes when 
if someone is dealing with their own stuff and it's hard for Mm -hmm. them, it's also difficult for them to see someone else shining in their brilliance. Oh, yeah. I go through that. Because it reminds you of all the things that perhaps you can't do or you haven't have not chosen to do. And it's convicting maybe for some. And my heart really goes out for those people because, Mm -hmm. you know, especially, you know, when I think about you, you're just this happy woman who's doing her thing, having fun and um, and trying to encourage others. And I appreciate that about you. So I love that you you have people that you can talk to when things like that happen. I love that you've come up with a solution. Okay, here's how I'm going to to deal with it. Now speak to the person who may be dealing with mean people, whether it's on social media or maybe it's in school. You know, people can be very mean. Uh, how do you how do you encourage them as they experience the, these things? We can't change other people, but what can we do ourselves yes. to help make a difference in how we feel and how we handle things? Yeah, I. It's funny because when I talked to myself, she said those exact words: "Hurt people, hurt people." And when I had that uh, thought, I was saying, you know what? A positive person would never rip someone down. It's just like when you're in a negative place, that's when all those instinctual thoughts come out and you know, you kind of do things that you regret and all that stuff. But recently, what my best advice is, think about it. You have the courage to do it. You have the courage to put yourself out there. They don't have the courage to do that. And that's why they're being a little more you know, negative about it. And whether you're doing singing or whether you're doing a dance video or whatever you want to do, Like you had the courage to do it and you can only get better. I think the one thing too, even if it's in school and you're getting, you know, bullied and it it happens, there's things that people can't take away from you. Yeah. Sometimes maybe my singing videos aren't like the best, but again, I have like a, a singing coach. I have like the skills and tools from gymnastics and those are, and my work ethic are things that people can't take away from me. So there are things that every individual has that's positive that no one can take away from you. So whether you're doing something and maybe like you tried and they're ripping on you for trying, but you had the courage to try. And there is no such thing as failure is what I learned at UCLA. Because what we learned is if you fail, you actually succeeded in it. So you succeeded in something. And that's kind of how, you know, that's like the best advice what I would give and, or what I would actually just say to someone is because you have to remember that courage is a skill. Courage is something that doesn't come easily. It's scary. And I remember Ms. Val telling me over the phone, she was saying, if you're not in the arena fighting, if you're not in the arena actually going for something or working hard or doing it, then you don't have the right to say anything because you're not in there. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty good. That was a pretty good one, huh? Yeah. That's pretty good. No, that's yeah. that's great advice. Great advice. I'm going to provide you with a definition of a word that I coined. And after that, I'm going to ask you the final question. So I believe there's this state of mind where individuals are operating out of the fullness of who they are and all they have to offer. So they're utilizing their gifts, their talents, their personalities, everything that makes them uniquely them. And they're experiencing this level of fulfillment, of purpose, and it just makes their heart sing. I call this brilliance mode. So my question to you is, what does living in brilliance mode look like for you? Oh, I love brilliance mode. I wish I could just turn that on all the time. Brilliance mode is truly, um, it's so fun. One of my teammates went into the spiritual, you know, route and we were talking and chatting. And, um, I just remember like she read a quote to me and it was a playful quote. And I was like, my brilliance mode is truly when I play, I don't worry about anything. I'm having fun. I'm not worried about any of the like rules or, you know, the, society and the structures. I'm just strictly having fun because when I have fun, I don't feel judged. I don't feel held back. I don't feel like I can do any wrong. I'm just having fun. Like I, and I'm laughing if I fail too. 
So, or not fail, but if I don't do well. And my brilliance mode is truly just me playing. And I'm out of my head. I'm, I feel not judged. And I can laugh at even if I fall and, you know, just uh, get through all those hard times. So it's, it's play. I have this thing on my wall and it says it's playtime because it's, it's time play to play. Time. That's what I have. So like, even if I'm going into like, say a situation where I'm stressed or I'm nervous, I'm like, wait, Peng, it's time to play. It's time to go have, it's time to just be because life is so short. And I truly think like life is meant to be able to be happy and enjoy even the hard moments. So again, it's time to play. That's my, that's my uh, brilliance mode. <laughs> Peng Peng, your positivity and enthusiasm is absolutely contagious. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I love hanging out with former UCLA like Yay. sisters. It's so great. I love it. Yeah, thank Aww. you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was great talking, you know, about gymnastics all over again. I was already impressed by what I knew about Pang's gymnastics career, but after my time with her, I was even more impressed with her as a person. My biggest takeaway from her story was how she realized early on that although her gymnastics career was a large part of her life, it didn't define her as a person. She allowed herself to explore new things and found joy in developing her other talents as well. And even though her transition away from gymnastics wasn't easy, I believe that it was her willingness to explore new things and adjust how she would pursue her career that actually ended up opening doors for her to do what she longed to do. The path to our goals, they may not be straight ones or the obvious one, but if we don't give up, but instead make some necessary adjustments along the way, the path we do take may end up making us better prepared and better equipped to live our wildest dreams. So remember, whatever you do, give it your all. And as Pang would say, don't do anything half booty. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to find more about Peng Peng Lee, check out our show notes on inbrilliancemode.com slash podcast. And to connect with Bruin Gymnastics alumni on Instagram, follow us at UCLA Gym Alumni. Any use of this podcast without the express written consent of Brilliance Mode is prohibited.